Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 18, and tonight is study number 5. We're continuing to look at the parable that the Lord Jesus gave, beginning in Luke 18, in verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. We saw last time that this word translated as faint, Strong's number 1573, is also translated as weary. In Galatians chapter 6, it says, beginning in verse 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. A biblical principle is set forth in verse 9 of Galatians 6. In due season, or due time, we will reap, if we faint not. And, of course, the implication's clear. If you faint, you will not reap. You know, it's very, very interesting how God has arranged things, how things have developed in our day of judgment. We find that just prior to this period, May 21, 2011, for years, for a good number of years leading up to that date, there was an enormous amount of seed sown all across the face of the earth, upon the hearts of men, upon the people of the nations outside of the churches and congregations. The gospel went forth in an unprecedented manner, like never before in history, has the Word of God and and the, the truth of the Word of God, which was uh, in a purer form because God opened up the Scriptures during this little season of the Great Tribulation to reveal a finer gospel, a, a purer gospel, truths that were sealed and hidden until the time of the end were now revealed and they were broadcast, they were proclaimed and declared through the electronic medium, primarily through family radio, primarily through Mr. Camping, and they were broadcast to all the world, just just again, uh, enormous, bountiful, amounts of seed. And God also has another biblical principle that he has stated in the Bible. He who sows bountifully 
shall reap bountifully. So bountifully, and you can expect to reap the harvest, to reap a bountiful crop of fruit. And and yet, here we are, after this enormous program of evangelization, of sowing the gospel seed over the course of years, daily broadcast into China and, and into Africa and into South America and and just just tons of biblical information that that are dispersed and and scattered across the nations and and the, the people of the world heard they heard the word of God they heard the news of judgment day proclaim again as they've never heard it before in the whole history of the world, a bountiful sowing of the seed, a a bountiful program of evangelization uh, uh, unparalleled in all past time. And then May 21, 2011 came, and from the eyes of the world and the eyes of the church, Nothing happened. Nothing happened outwardly, nothing visible, because God brought to pass a spiritual judgment. But this was the test. This was the trial of faith for the people of God. Now, what would they do? What would they do with the seed? What would Family radio do. Family radio's been tried like, like e Bible fellowship's been tried, like every individual's been tried because it's made up of individuals and we're made up of individuals. And, and so we're, since we're all being tried, then even the ministries are being tried. What are you going to do with all of that seed that was sown? Because the day of salvation is the time to sow. That, that's the time to sow. Judgment day is the time to pluck up that which is sown according to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 to everything a season. And now comes the season to pluck it up or to reap. And we find again in Revelation 14, the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the time of judgment, is putting in the sickle to reap the harvest of the world. It's judgment day. As Matthew thirteen thirty nine declares, the harvest is the end of the world. And Christ puts in the sickle to reap. In Joel chapter 3, we read the command, Put ye in the sickle and reap, for the, the, the vats are full and so forth. And just a couple of verses later, it says, The sun is darkened, and the moon does not give its light. And the stars withdraw or gather, a harvest word, they gather their shining. And, and, and so God is joining together harvest with the darkening of the sun and moon. And according to Matthew 24, verse 29, that darkening of the sun and moon uh, happens immediately after the tribulation. When did the tribulation conclude? 
May 21, 2011. Therefore, May 21, 2011 is the time when the sickle is put in. Let's turn to Mark chapter 4, Mark 4, and it says in verse 26, And he said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how, for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. You see that word immediately? What does it remind us of? Immediately after the tribulation. Because the fruit is ready. God saved everyone to be saved, all the elect, everyone whose name was recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life, was saved during the last part of the Great Tribulation when the latter rain was poured out, and a great multitude became saved. They came out of Great Tribulation, according to Revelation chapter 7, having washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. And 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 that was the completion, the finalization of God's harvest. He's the husbandman who waited patiently for the early and latter rain, according to James. There's no other periods of rain, just the early, well, there, it doesn't mention it there, there was the early righteous rain that produced the Lord Jesus, but then the seasons are the early and latter rain, and then he ceases to be patient because the precious fruit of the earth is brought forth. And when the fruit, when everyone to be saved has been saved, God doesn't delay. He doesn't, he doesn't, uh, dilly or dally. He immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest is come. And again, Revelation 14 tells us that this means the fruit has come forth. In Revelation 14, um, in verse 15, another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time has come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Immediately when the fruit was ready. Immediately after the tribulation, because the the rain ceased to fall. The, the rain accomplished the purpose of God. Read Isaiah 55, as God speaks of sending forth the rain uh, to uh, to do his purpose and and to accomplish it. The rain was the gospel that saturated the earth, that was uh, falling as the seed was being sown, and and so God finished his salvation program. He uh, he therefore um, finished sowing seed 
on May 21, 2011, and then Judgment Day came, time for harvest, immediately put in the sickle. And the whole harvest period, the prolonged period of judgment, is a period of gathering. It's a period of reaping. And and God has been reaping the fruit, gathering it unto himself throughout this entire period of time. And and yet that's why the uh, wording of Galatians 6, Do not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. Because the reaping occurs simultaneous with Judgment Day, a grievous time period. A, a very hard, difficult time period for the people of God. The time the door is shut and the light of the gospel is out and so forth. And, and, and so a time when men faint, men faint in the day of judgment. Just turn to, um, Isaiah 13. Isaiah 13, a chapter where God is describing judgment day. And he says in Isaiah 13, um, which is a, the burden of Babylon because it's describing the fall of Satan's kingdom immediately after the tribulation. In Isaiah 13, verse 6, How ye, for the day of Jehovah is at hand, it shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore shall all hands be faint, and every man's heart shall melt. Now remember the word weary in Galatians 6 it is also translated as faint. And, and here in Judgment Day, all hands shall be faint. And, and everyone's heart shall melt. It's a time of fainting. It's a time of weariness. And, uh, it's why, uh, we read in Proverbs 24, in Proverbs 24 verse 10, it says, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. The day of adversity, that word is also translated as trouble or affliction or even tribulation. If you faint in the time of testing, in the time of the day of the wrath of God, the reason is because your strength is small. We, if God is our strength, our strength is not small. It's not narrow. It's not constricted. If God is our strength, we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. But if we're relying on our own strength because we're not saved and never were saved, our strength is small and we will faint in the, the day of adversity. That word adversity uh, just to show how it can be used, go to Zephaniah 1. And Zephaniah 1, the whole chapter, God is describing the day of wrath. And uh, it, it says uh, in verse 14, I'll just read the, the opening statement, the great day of Jehovah is near, it is near. And then verse 15, that day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble. Or a day, that's the same Hebrew word translated as adversity. 
in Proverbs. It's a day of adversity and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Judgment day is a day of trouble. And if you faint in the day of trouble, your strength is small. It's due to the fact you were not born again, you were never really saved, that you failed to endure to the end. And at some point along the way, unto the end, unto that completion, you fall away. You, you're, you're like Lot's wife and you turn around and, and you look at Sodom. You, your heart is with the world. And, and as a result, um, the individuals struck as a pillar of salt. They are destroyed by God. They, they have fainted in the day of trouble. Well, look at, um, Zephaniah 3. In Zephaniah 3, the, the, um, the word faint is also, uh, that's found in Isaiah 13. It's also used here. Uh, it says in Zephaniah 3, beginning in verse 15, Jehovah hath taken away thy judgments. He has cast out thine enemy. The king of Israel, even Jehovah, is in the midst of thee. Thou shalt not see evil any more. This is speaking of the time when the Lord Jesus deposed Satan and put him, put him down from all rule and authority. And that occurred at the beginning of Judgment Day. And at that point, Christ entered into the midst of the body of believers because he indwelt now everyone that was to be saved, all the elect. Um, then in verse 16, in that day, this is Judgment Day. It shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear thou not, and to Zion, let not thine hands be slack. Remember, all hands faint, it said in Isaiah 13. Well, slack is the same word. Let not thine hands faint. Don't faint. Let us not faint, or be weary in well-doing, if we faint not we shall reap, according to Galatians 6. Here, God is decreeing uh, concerning his people that he is in the midst of, you will not faint, let not thine hands faint. You, you, will, you will not be weary and, and therefore uh, cease uh, to reap, but you will be a reaper. That is your task, uh, along with feeding the sheep, because you do both at the same time. You go forth with the word of God and prophesy again and publish these things in Babylon. Concerning Babylon's fall, you declare these things to the world, and simultaneously you feed the sheep and you reap the harvest, and and you are participating in the judgment of the world with Christ and so forth. And, and so God says that his people will not faint. Let not. That is, this is the will of God. Let not thine hands faint. But 
He will make sure that each one of his people does endure to the end. Then in verse um, 17, Jehovah thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He is mighty. Remember the problem in Proverbs 24.10? If you faint in the day of adversity or trouble, your strength is small. But here, Jehovah God in the midst of us is mighty. And what does that say of our strength? We have bountiful might and bountiful strength. We have all the strength we need to endure, to continue, and and not to faint, to go about the business, the task of reaping the harvest. He will save, he will rejoice over thee with joy, he will rest in his love, he will joy over thee with singing. And this language ties into Isaiah 65, where God is speaking of creating Jerusalem, a rejoicing, and her people a joy, and creating the new heaven and new earth. And that's where where we're headed. That's where we're going towards is the finalization for all things in this world, which is the reaping, and then the entry into the next world, the new heaven and new earth. Now, in verses 18 through 20 here in Zephaniah, notice the word gather. And the word gather is Strong's number 622. It's a word that identifies with harvest. Um, For instance, in Exodus 23, verse 16, In the feast of harvest, the firstfruits of thy labors which thou hast sown in the field, and the feast of ingathering, which is in the end of the year, when thou hast gathered in thy labors out of the field. When you've reaped, that's when you keep the feast of ingathering, the feast of harvest. And and the last day of the feast of harvest is the same last day as the last day of the feast of tabernacles. They're, they're held in conjunction together with one another. In Leviticus 23, this Hebrew word, Strong's number 622, often translated as gather or gathered, is found in Leviticus 23.39. Also, in the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when ye have gathered in the fruit of the land, ye shall keep a feast unto Jehovah seven days. On the first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. In Deuteronomy 16, verse 13, Thou shalt observe the feast of tabernacles seven days, after that thou hast gathered in thy corn and thy wine. In Micah chapter 2, Micah 2 and uh, verse 12, I will surely assemble, and that's the word assemble is the same word gather, I will surely gather, O Jacob, all of thee. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together as the sheep of Basra, as the flock in the midst of their fold, they shall make great noise by reason of the multitude of men. And there, notice how God joins together the gathering with, combining it with sheep. And and that's our 
our commission, feed the sheep, feed my sheep. In Isaiah chapter 11, it says in verse 10 and following, And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the nations seek, and his rest shall be glorious. And shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left. Now, uh, I used to think this was referring about the the second time when God would send forth um, the latter rain. But this word left reminds us of 1 Thessalonians 4. They which are alive and remain, they're left unto the coming of the Lord. It It is a word that identifies with God's elect left on the earth, living to go through the day of judgment. They're left from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, and from Cush, and from Elam, and from Shinar, and from Hatmuth, and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the word gather again. 622. And shall gather the outcast of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. And, and this is why I think it's related to our day uh, because of that statement. The four corners of the earth gathering the dispersed of Judah compare to Matthew 24 after the tribulation. It, it, it says in verse 31, and he shall send his angels, his messengers, with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. He sends the angels to gather. These are the angels that Matthew 13.39 are speaking of when it says the angels are, or the, the, yeah, it says the angels, but it's actually the messengers are the reapers. They are sent to gather the, the harvest. And here Christ is sending his messengers with the sound of a trumpet to gather the elect from the four winds. And that has been underway. God is involved in that operation ever since May 21, 2011. Gather. Gather the people. You know, I wondered, why is it that um, eBible on Facebook, and it was true of family radio groups on Facebook also, that before May 21, 2011... There, there were several groups, and there would be a couple hundred people here, a couple hundred people there, maybe five, six hundred people in the biggest. And now, in this time period, when people are disinterested, they, they, you know, everyone in the church is quick to say no man knows and to brush it off. The people of the world are quick to say you're crazy and laugh it off. And, and yet at this time, in these days after the tribulation, eBible opens a group. eBible opens a group. The Bible answers Muslims' questions. And, and 
from last year, last August, which is just over one year, we we open the group, and uh, at first there's like 300 people, and today there's 66,000 people. Or we open up a group, Will the World End, in English, and uh, and in just a couple of months we're approaching 12,000 people. But not just that, we open up the same group, Will the World End, in Portuguese, and we're approaching 3,000 people. And we open it up in Spanish, we're approaching 3,000 people. And we're opening up in Vietnamese, Indonesian, in Hindi, and all these groups are over a thousand. We just, we just began the group. In some cases, as a matter of fact, this is the third day we just started an Arabic group, the same thing, Will the World End October 7th, and already the number is approaching 500 people in three days. They're coming in. We open up Twitter, and there are thousands of people. It's approaching 10,000 now that are following. They're signing up. And yet all the world's mocking, and all the church is completely disinterested. These people are coming in, and they're waiting. They're waiting. It's like they're gathering together for something. And really interesting what God is doing. We'll pick this up next time. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.